guys. Welcome back to the Beck and Call podcast. I'm your host, Merritt Beck. I am a longtime fashion blogger and a single woman in my 30s who loves to chat all things life, work, and love. So I wanted to bring that to life on this podcast. You can consider the Beck and Call podcast a weekly catch up with your internet bestie, where I discuss recent recs and reviews, answer listener questions, and discuss fun, interesting topics relevant to women in their 20s, 30s, and beyond. Each episode follows the same structure with dedicated segments you can rely on week after week. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Hello from California. I flew out here on Saturday for another week in Carlsbad. If you've been listening this summer, you'll know I was out here in July for two weeks, but had another week left to use at the timeshare. But I decided to split it up into two different trips this year instead of doing another three week long trip like I did last year. It's actually very nice being out here in September because most of the kids are back in school. There are less people at the pool. It's just a little less touristy. It's it's a lot more relaxing. But before we get into my trip, let's chat about this last week, shall we? My week started off pretty strong with a preview of the movie Don't Worry Darling. My friend Graham had gotten IMAX tickets through Amex Platinum, so three of us went Friday night, and the seats weren't assigned, so we got there about an hour early, right after the doors opened, to snag our seats and grab drinks and snacks and settle in. Before the movie began, they showed a little live interview with some of the cast who were in New York City for the preview. Apparently, the preview was happening all over the country at various IMAX theaters throughout the U.S., Um, And in New York City, they had a live presentation with some of the cast, which was kind of random, but it was also kind of hilarious to watch. After the few times that I've seen Harry Styles interviewed about this movie, it's clear he's not media trained for interviews. I've never really seen him being interviewed in any other capacity. I'm sure he has. I just have not bothered looking into that. But Every time I've seen him interviewed for this movie, it's cringeworthy. It's really funny, too, because he literally can't think of anything to say about it. At one point, he even said, you know, more words in response to the guy asking him questions about the movie because he literally couldn't think of a single fucking word to say. (laughs) And I couldn't tell if he was on something or was just super uncomfortable, maybe with the level of attention he's getting simply because he and Olivia Wilde are in a relationship, or because there's been a lot of drama on set. But it was a stark difference to his commanding presence in front of an audience at his concerts, where he seems so confident and natural. And they seated Olivia and Harry on opposite ends, and there were maybe eight to ten cast members. I can't remember all of them, but of course, as Harry was being asked the questions, they also panned to a close-up of Olivia's face, and it was so awkward. Like, I feel like before you go on these press things for movies that you're in, they train you on what to say and how to describe the movie, and only a couple people in the cast really had a good idea of what to say. I don't know if, again, that was just nerves or people were just uncomfortable with the level of press this has been getting for kind of negative things, but it's just awkward and shows kind of a lack of professionalism, you might say. (laughs) I'll share a review of the movie in the next segment, so stay tuned for that, but that was a fun night and... I I haven't been to the movies in a while. Specifically, I have not been to the AMC North Park at North Park Center. And it's kind of awesome because they have these soda fountains and they have 
dozens of different kinds of sodas. So I got a cream soda. Can't remember the last time I got one of those. We also, because of the pass that he got from Amex Platinum, we got a free drink with that. And I, of course, also got Reese's Pieces. So I was set that evening. Tuesday was a fairly busy day as I had a few different outings and events scheduled that day. Around lunchtime, Liza and I drove over to tour the new Kipps Bay Decorator Show House, which was happening over this last weekend. And I talked about this last year, but the show house selects popular interior designers to decorate a new home each year. And they do it in Dallas, they do it in Palm Beach, and they do it in New York, and it's every year. Each individual designer has a dedicated room they get to transform and decorate however they like. So every space in the house is incredibly different. (laughs) So some spaces are really bright and feature a lot of mixed prints, while others are soft, neutral, and classic. Some are more traditional, some are more modern, but it's really an opportunity for the interior designers to show what they've got. So they're all pretty elaborate. It's really fun to see each year and a great place to snag some inspiration for future home projects. They unfortunately had to shorten the length of time the show house was open this year due to some unforeseen issues with neighbors at this year's house. So it was only open Thursday to Sunday, and they usually have the show house open for at least a week. So hopefully next year they'll get it figured out so more people can go and it won't get cut short like they did this year. But hopefully some of y'all had a chance to go after seeing me post about it last week on Instagram. After Kipps Bay, I drove over to Carolina Herrera for a shopping appointment. They very generously offered me a gift card to shop, which naturally I couldn't pass up, and it was so much fun. I tried on a bunch of gorgeous pieces, including this bright purple, yellow, and green floral print cocktail dress. It had these big sleeves, kind of a dip in the back, but unfortunately, it was way too short on me. I'm 5'9 and have a pretty long torso, and I know how to pose in cameras or (laughs) pose in pictures to make it look like it fits properly, but it was far too short on me. Um, So I didn't end up going with that. I ended up going with this rust and cream animal printed midi dress and it features a bustier bodice and a ruffle trim. It's darling. And I also got the matching belt to complete the look. I packed it for my trip. So if you missed it on my Instagram, I'm sure you'll see it again if you follow me there. My personal Instagram is at Merit Beck if you're looking to check that out. After the shopping appointment at Carolina Herrera, they were hosting a little cocktail hour to preview their newest collection, so my friend Allie met me there to hang out and catch up, and then after that, we went for a drink at Park House, and I was supposed to go back to Park House for trivia night that night. I talked to a couple friends who were going to be going, but I left Park House with Allie, I want to say at like 5.30, and trivia night was supposed to start at 8, and I just like didn't want to. I just like couldn't get it together. So after that, I just went home and had an easy night in. I spent the next two days hammering away at my desk trying to get a bunch of work done. And then on Thursday night, I hosted Mahjong, which we haven't played in a long while. I feel like I've had fairly bad luck the last few times I've played. And um, luckily, I ended up winning the final round this time, which was very satisfying and made me feel better. Until that round, though, I hadn't ended up with like any jokers, any blanks, which are always super helpful when you're trying to complete your hand. I just felt like I was getting the short end of the stick with those first few rounds. I also just felt like the tiles I was getting were not at all what I needed. And it was so frustrating, (laughs) but you win some, you lose some. It's obviously way more fun when you win, though. On Friday, my mom and stepdad were in town, which was so much fun. My mom and I went to brunch at Sedell's in Highland Park Village again. We did that. I feel like we did that the last time she was here because it is a new spot and it's pretty and it's a great menu. 
And it's in Highland Park Village, which is where we're going to be spending all day. So uh, this time I ordered the Leo omelet, which features really, really good eggs, smoked salmon, caramelized onions, and creme fraiche. It is so delicious. My mom got the Freddy salad again, which is amazing as well. It has hearts of palm, shrimp, crispy shallots, and a bunch of other things. And that is also super light and yummy. After we finished eating, we spent the entire afternoon shopping around Highland Park Village. I did find a pair of earrings and sunglasses at Dior. I'll share them on the Beck and Call podcast Instagram page this week if you want to check them out. Both are um, kind of trendier styles. If you've if you follow my fashion for a while, you'll know I'm pretty classic generally, but with earrings, I love a unique uh, silhouette for an earring, and I really loved these, and the sunglasses are a little trendy for me, but I think they're so chic. They're black. I've been needing some new black sunglasses, so excited about those. And then Friday night, we went to Tango Room. And I can't remember if I told y'all about this. I'm sure I did. But my first and only time at Tango Room until this weekend was in January before the Heather McMahon show. And I wasn't feeling too hot that day, so I didn't eat that much. But I remember it being very busy and lively. And my friend Natalie ate food and she said it was good. But on Friday night with my mom and Morris, it felt dead. There were a few people at the bar and probably two other tables that were filled with people. But other than that, there was like nobody at the restaurant. I was surprised and kind of a little concerned (laughs) that maybe the quality had changed since I went to the restaurant last. It's a really great vibe. It's got a chic bar, low lighting, these dark red booth seats, and the menu looks great too. It's got a multitude of meats to choose from, salads. They've got lobster mac and cheese. Um, It's just feels like a loungy steak place. It's just a good vibe. At first, the service seemed great. We got our waters and ordered drinks right away, but then everything just really slowed down. It felt like it was 15 minutes before we got the drinks in our hands, and we also asked for bread and ordered our apps at the same time, and they came at the same time, like 20 minutes later. Like It it felt like it took so long. Considering how few people were in the restaurant, it felt a little ridiculous how slow everything was happening. We ordered the lobster corn dogs and the deviled eggs to start, both of which were good, but tasted very salty to me. The corn dogs tasted like they'd actually been rolled in more salt, like salt was on the outside of it, which was definitely not necessary. And for me, it was overwhelming. The flavor of the deviled eggs was delicious again, and I loved the truffle addition to them. But again, it was so salty and it was way more intense than I'd usually prefer. For our entree, we split the salt-baked red snapper, which is a large shareable dish they separate and serve to you tableside. It was clear the server did not know what she was doing when she was serving the fish because I ended up with a plate full of skin rather than fish meat. I ended up having to serve myself after she left the table because she kept trying and it just like wasn't working. And instead of actually continuing to try, she just kind of gave me the skin. The fish tasted great and was super moist and delicate. But again, the sauce that they poured all over it and the accompanying gnocchi was so salty. Like, I don't know who was taste testing back there, but they either like can't taste salt or they have a salt addiction because everything was so heavily seasoned and salted. It just to me, it tasted bad. Like, I love salt. I love to add add salt. But when it comes to salty, there's no way to dial it back. So I would prefer it to be less flavorful and me add more flavor with salt than it be too salty and me just hate it. (laughs) So the broccoli we ordered wasn't tender. 
The lobster mac and cheese only had one piece of lobster meat in it. Overall, I was very underwhelmed by the food and service at our meal and can't recommend it. It's also very expensive for what it is, and for all the food to be that over-salted, it is not worth the price. I was very disappointed. I didn't even share pictures of it on Instagram, which I usually do after dinner. Um, It's rare I share a bad review on here or on my Instagram, but I wouldn't want to lead you guys astray. It just was not a good experience, and honestly, it was kind of embarrassing walking out of Tango Room and seeing how festive and loud and seeing how so many people were at Vino and Carbone. Like, Tango Room needs to step it up. On Saturday morning, my mom and I went on a long walk in University Park, and then all three of us got ready and went back to Highland Park Village for brunch at Bistro 31. That is always one of their favorite spots to eat when they're in town, so I figured that would be a good go-to. I got the Bistro Galette, which was a crepe with ham and Gruyere cheese topped with a farm egg and paired with a little side salad. It was delicious. My mom got the avocado toast, which she enjoyed, but she said it wasn't her favorite rendition of it. And then Morris got his usual fried eggs and sausage. He's a very simple eater. Um, And then after that, we swung by my house, picked up my luggage, and then they dropped me off at Love Field for my flight to San Diego. All right, let's get into some recs and reviews. So as I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, I saw a preview of Don't Worry Darling, the new thriller directed by Olivia Wilde and starring Harry Styles and Florence Pugh on Monday. Before the movie, we looked it up and we saw there was a 33% Rotten Tomatoes score. There obviously wasn't any audience scoring yet. It was just critics reviews, but we were a little, (laughs) a little apprehensive and our expectations were pretty low going into it, but we actually really enjoyed it. The cinematography and the sets and the costumes and the sound design were all incredible and very captivating. And I thought the acting and writing were both great as well. There's a twist at the end, which I obviously won't spoil for you, but let's just say the last 30 minutes or so are pretty weird. Um, It didn't ruin the movie, but it didn't feel as high quality or realistic as the rest of the movie was up until that point. But with that said, it's entertaining and certainly worth seeing in theaters. We saw it in IMAX, which is how I would recommend it, because the sound design, like I said, and the sets are so incredible and it really makes the movie and with IMAX it just really immerses you into the experience so if you see it in theaters try to see it in IMAX I definitely recommend watching it I thought it was great I know it's getting bad reviews and there's a lot of drama around it but I thought it was fairly entertaining and pretty good movie Another thing I watched this week is Do Revenge, which is another movie that's new to Netflix, and it stars Camila Mendez from Riverdale and Maya Hawke from Stranger Things, and she is also Ethan Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman's daughter. While I enjoyed it, I felt it left a lot to be desired. I thought Camila's character was fun to watch and her one-liners were hilarious, but I just never connected to Maya's character. It felt overacted and she just... She wasn't very likable. There's another good twist in this movie, and I did like the ending. So I'd probably give this movie like a five or six out of ten. Not my favorite, but still a silly, mindless watch for an easy night at home. I wanted to share an update on two shows I'm still watching. So the first is House of the Dragon, which I said I was really enjoying and I still am. But I found out some upsetting news last week. Thanks to a spoiler on the Vanity Fair Instagram before I'd even watched the fifth ep- fifth or sixth episode, I think, I learned that the young actress playing Rhaenyra Targaryen, her last day on the show was last week's episode. And this week she'll be replaced with another actress as the show is jumping forward several years and they needed someone older to play her. 
And I'm bummed about that because I really, really loved this younger actress's version of Rhaenyra and was really like looking forward to seeing her continue to play her. I didn't realize that it was going to jump ahead like that. So anyway, I'm kind of bummed she's already gone. I'm sure I'll like the other actress, but they don't look much alike. And I have a feeling that's just going to take some time to get used to. Can you tell I don't love change? (laughs) That's just, I'd rather it just be the same character all the way through. That may be why it didn't stick with the crown. It's just, I don't know. The other show I need to update you guys on is Amazon's Ring of Power. So my initial review was a couple weeks back after I watched the first two episodes and I really didn't like it. None of the characters were likable. It was just a lot of setting the scene, those entire two episodes. Didn't feel like there was much of a plot or at least any plot development. But I'm here to report that it's gotten way better since those initial two episodes. I started getting into it in episode three and by episode, the end of episode four, I was officially on board. I'm glad to see it's actually going somewhere and the alliances I'm, I'm seeing being formed, I'm enjoying. So just wanted to tell you all that and tell you it gets better and to give it a try if you were doubting it like I was initially. In terms of books, I finished The Golden Couple, which is a book by Greer Hendricks and Sarah Pekinen on the flight out to San Diego. It's about a couple who seeks guidance from a therapist when their relationship is on the rocks. And I mentioned this in the last episode, but I did enjoy how the book was narrated from two perspectives, the wife of the couple and the therapist for the couple. Everything that happens is told from those two perspectives and their ideas of what may be going on. It's a decent thriller, but the twist is pretty predictable at the end. So not my favorite read, but not a bad one either. Just a good kind of mindless, good one for like a poolside read or a plane read, but maybe not something you'd read every night before bed. The next book on my list is The Hotel Nantucket by Elin Hildebrand. And I'm, I just started it this morning. I like literally am only one chapter in, so I have nothing to report yet, but I'm, I'm sure I'll finish it this week. So I'm going to be going on lots of walks and laying by the pool. So I will report back next week. honest and admit I haven't been the best about staying on schedule with regular doctor's appointments over the years, partly because my insurance plan changed so often when I first became self-employed, but also because it's always been such a pain to call and try and get on their schedule. Oftentimes they don't have availability when you need them and I would end up just not going at all. But thanks to my podcast sponsor ZocDoc, I don't have to worry about that ever again. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. No more having to sit on hold on the phone. Just download the app to find the doctor that is right for you and book an appointment, whether it's in person or remotely, that works for your schedule. It's so easy to use. Think of it like making a reservation at a restaurant or booking a rideshare service. Go to ZocDoc.com slash beck and call and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash beck and call. ZocDoc.com slash beck and call. Since I had a busy week last week and I'm now on vacation, I figured it would be fairly easy and fun to do a long-form Q&A episode today. I haven't done one of these in a long time. I want to say last December, but I could be wrong about that. It's, it's been a long time. But I asked you guys to submit questions over on the Instagram page, and you guys sent a lot, and I've got a lot of variety, so love that. I'm probably not going to get to them all today, so I'm going to save the ones I don't get to for a future Q&A like this and also just future 
beck and call segments that I do. At the end of every episode, I usually answer a few listener questions. So instead of doing the beck and call segment this week, it's just going to be a long form Q&A. But let's jump right into the first question. So the first one submitted was, do you do blogging all by yourself? So for eight years, I did everything entirely on my own. But in 2019, I hired my assistant Liza part time to help me with a variety of things like shooting outfits and putting together collages for LTK and my blog and assist with my newsletter. And eventually she became my full time employee and her job now consists mostly of creating collages for my other Instagram account, TSS Edited and LTK. If you're not following me there on LTK or following the TSS edited Instagram, you're missing a ton of exclusive shopping content. A lot of what we post there never makes it to my blog or on my personal Instagram. So definitely head there to check those out and follow me on the LTK app to shop. She still takes most of my outfit photos for the blog and Instagram, and she also takes care of my Friday newsletter. But most of her time is dedicated to creating those collages I mentioned before. For a while, Liza was also handling Friday's blog posts, but that was as I was getting into the groove with my new workload thanks to this podcast, but now that I've gotten a handle on that, I'm back to doing those myself. In terms of setting her up for success to assist me, generally what happens is I spend an hour or so every morning reviewing the new arrivals on my favorite shopping websites like Shopbop, My Teresa, Net-A-Porter, Nordstrom, Intermix, Saks Fifth Avenue, Neiman Marcus, as well as more budget-friendly brands like H&M and Mango and that kind of thing. And I will save my favorite finds to folders in the LTK account. And from there, she'll go into those folders and create collages using items I've saved. She will also add other things she's found on her own. But because I want the items to reflect what I like and the aesthetic of my blog and brand, it helps to have a running list of new things each week that I've picked she can refer back to. The things I'm working on each week include the three blog posts I do every week. So one outfit post on Monday, I have the edit on Wednesday, and then Friday is a rotating collage post depending on whatever I want to talk about. So recently I've done fall wedding guest dresses. I did an investment staples roundup. I did fall fashion finds under 150. I just kind of mix it up each week based on the things I'm seeing and liking and what I want you guys to shop. So on top of those three blog posts, I also am creating reels and shooting fashion content for Instagram. I'm working on sponsored content for collaborations. I am planning, recording, and editing the podcast each week. I am creating marketing collateral for the podcast in my Instagram account, as well as doing everyday stories on my personal Instagram, linking new favorites for y'all to shop, replying to DMs, responding to emails. Once you add it all up, it's definitely a lot of work. So eventually I'd love to outsource more things, more specifically some of the podcast stuff like editing and creating those promotional materials. But right now I feel the need to be in control of it while it continues to grow. I'm hoping to hire somebody for that role sometime next year. So it would really be nice for that person who would be editing my podcast to also have video experience because... I'd love to start shooting more video content for it, but also to help me with creating reels for Instagram. So if anyone listening has experience in video and, you know, podcast editing, please email me. (laughs) My email is info at beckandcallpodcast.com and we can discuss further, but that is definitely something I would love to have help with at some point. Speaking of podcasts, can you share a list of your personal favorite podcasts? Yes. So I am podcast obsessed. I have a very solid lineup I listen to each and every week. On Monday, I always listen to Girls Gotta Eat. It is a longtime favorite of mine. 
It's uh, mostly focused on dating, relationships, and sex. So expect a lot of dirty topics, but it's also hilarious and there's a lot of value you can get from it. It's also a lot of fun. They're both kind of comedians, so it's very entertaining. I also have really been enjoying Oversharing, which is a new podcast from Betches that features Jordana and her sister Naomi, who is a psychologist. And they answer listener questions about family, friendships, relationships, coworkers, etc. That one also comes out on Monday. Another podcast that typically comes out on Monday is the J Train podcast by comedian Jared Freed. He has a new comedian on as a guest each week, and they go through listener emails for general life advice, although a lot of it tends to be dating related because he's on another podcast called You Up about dating. So I'll talk more about that one in a minute. But on Tuesday, I listened to Bad on Paper, which is with Becca Freeman and Olivia Mentor. They talk a lot about books, but not only what they're reading, it's also the process of writing a book and getting it published, as well as a lot of great lifestyle content. It's just an easy listen, great for week mornings when I'm on my walks. I also love You Up, so I mentioned that before. These come out on Wednesdays, but I'm a paid subscriber, so I get the episodes a little early. Um, and they also do bonus episodes if you're a paid subscriber. You Up is another Betches podcast with Jordana and Jared Freed, and it's also a dating and relationships podcast. So similar to J Train, they answer listener emails submitted for dating and relationship advice. It's always fun and entertaining. They have great banter. And then on Wednesday, I listen to Absolutely Not with Heather McMahon, which is always a winner if you need a laugh. She is hilarious. I loved her show in real life, and her podcast is on my weekly rotation. But I especially love her episodes when her bestie Raymond Padilla is on the show. I think they have the best banner of all time. It's it's so fun to listen to them talk. The Blonde Files with Ariel Laurie, which I'm finally saying right. I don't know why I fucked up her name so much in the past couple episodes where I've mentioned her name. But um, I love The Blonde Files. It's another one I listen to on Wednesday. It is a wellness-focused podcast where Ariel interviews a different expert on a wide variety of topics from plastic surgery to gut health. They cover all manner of wellness, beauty, skincare, fitness, diet, and health. And I've learned a lot from it and it's inspired some of my recent healthcare habits and updates. So um, highly recommend the Blonde Files with Ariel, Ariel, Lori. Oh my God, I'm doing it again. <laughs> I'm so bad. On Thursday, I listened to Dumois' podcast, Do You, which is kind of a guilty pleasure because it's honestly not the best podcast. And it's not my favorite podcast, but I, I do love the celebrity gossip. I don't always love the guests she has on. Some of them are annoying or just don't offer any kind of valuable ad, no valuable content. But I do like listening because she shares stuff that she doesn't always share on her Instagram. So uh, check out Do You if you love celebrity gossip. And then My Favorite Murder is another one I love to listen to on Thursdays. They also have a mini-sode that comes out on Monday, but I usually wait until later in the week to listen to that. And My Favorite Murder is just like it sounds. Each week, they, the, the two hosts, uh, Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark, cover a couple of different murder cases. And now it's sort of expanded. They've been doing it for so long. They cover all manner of like accidents, tragedies, those kinds of things. And then also on Thursday is my friend Emma's podcast. That's what E said. So I always have that on my playlist. If you like my podcast, you'll absolutely love hers. She formatted her episodes like mine into segments and does weekend recaps, answers listener questions, etc. It's just an entertaining and easy listen. So definitely check that out. The J Train podcast that I mentioned earlier also has a luxury lounge episode that comes out on Thursday. So I listen to the J Train podcast again then. 
the luxury lounge is for first world complaints. So people send in things they want to complain about, but not get shit for. And then finally, Be There in Five by my friend Kate Kennedy usually usually releases her episodes on Sunday. So I always end the week with that. She focuses on pop culture, the millennial zeitgeist, and some niche nostalgic topics for those of us who grew up in the 90s and early 2000s. She is super thorough and has done some incredible deep dives in the past on topics like MLMs, influencers, life coaches, and all that kind of stuff. So definitely check it out. I highly recommend. But those are pretty much all of the podcasts I listen to every week. There are certainly others that I listen to kind of more infrequently that are on in my library, but those are the ones that I listen to each and every week. What is your biggest long-term goal for your brand? I've had people ask me this question a lot more recently. I think because we keep seeing influencers launch clothing lines, home brands, they're writing books, and just creating other businesses that seem to be a way of pivoting away from their initial blogging careers. If I'm being honest though, I don't wanna do anything else. I still love blogging. (laughs) My long-term goal for my brand is just to be able to keep doing what I love. I love creating content and connecting with my audience, whether that's through collages on my blog or posting engaging content on my stories or creating these podcast episodes. As long as what I'm doing continues to be fun for me bring in the money and you guys are still enjoying it, I don't see myself pursuing another project outside of that. The podcast was probably the most out of the box thing I've done since I launched my blog in 2011. And it was something I'd thought about for a while. It's definitely been a new challenge and I've really enjoyed connecting with you guys in a different way on here. It's also been amazing to reach new people on the podcast who weren't following me before. The podcast, like my blog, is something I think I could continue doing for years. Will I potentially pivot the content based on my life stage and just generally what's going on in my life? Probably. But I love that I could still be doing both of these years down the line with small tweaks based on kind of just regular life stuff. If budget was no object, which five fashion items would you love to purchase? So I'm going to trim it down. Five is a lot to choose. So I'm just going to go, I'm just going to share a couple if that's okay. But first on my list would be a gorgeous pair of diamond stud earrings. There's nothing more timeless than simple diamonds, but I want them to be sizable, obviously. (laughs) That's definitely on my wish list for some point in my life. Hopefully I'll get there. But another thing I would love one day is a beautiful cashmere wrap coat from Max Max Mara, another brand I can't pronounce, uh, a la Meghan Markle. They're so elegant and soft. And again, it's something I know I would wear year after year that would never go out of style. They're so classic and elegant. I've also always wanted to shell out the big bucks for a fabulous statement cocktail dress or black tie gown like something from Monique Lulier, Marquesa, or maybe Oscar de la Renta. The more expensive pieces are usually so incredibly ornate and so beautifully structured, but like I'm not here to spend $5,000 on a dress at the moment, so (laughs) maybe one day. How do you contain or get rid of dog hair on all of your nice stuff? It's my constant struggle. Honestly, I have like five lint rollers placed strategically around my house for this one purpose. My dog sheds like crazy. She's not allowed on any furniture unless I invite her up there, and when she's invited, I generally have a blanket protecting the sofa or chair or bed from her hair and drool just so I don't have to, like, worry about it getting stained or whatever, and that definitely helps, but even still, her hair ends up everywhere, so the lint roller is key. 
my housekeeper, when she is cleaning my house once a week, she uses the lint roller on my sofas and my chairs. Even if she's not on the couch, it ends up there. I don't know how, um, but lint rollers are key. Although the two places her hair ends up that bothers me the most is one in my washing machine. Since I wash her beds and towels after baths in there, it also ends up in my bras. I'm assuming the hair gets in the bra when they're being washed in the same washing machine, but they end up getting itchy and I have to pull the little hairs out individually. It's super annoying, but I don't really see a solution. I I have to wash her beds. I don't know. (laughs) She's just, she sheds a lot. It's like you said, it's a constant struggle. So lint rollers and maybe try and clean out your washing machine. I have had to do that on the edges. Like when you first open the door, mine's a front load washer. And I clean with like a wet paper towel around the inside and usually can manage to get quite a few hairs out of that. What is your favorite season and why? This is probably such a basic bitch answer, but fall, obviously. (laughs) Texas is so fucking hot in the summer. So the final reprieve from the heat is euphoric, you could say. I also adore the changing colors of the leaves, the fall fashion, the seasonal foods and scents. Love a pumpkin spice candle. Not so much for a pumpkin spice latte. You guys know I'm not drinking coffee anymore, but I love a good fall candle and anything pumpkin-y with cloves or anything like that. I love that. It's the best time of year in Dallas also in terms of fun things happening. So there's football games. The State Fair of Texas is going on for about a month. There's the Pumpkin Village at the Arboretum. The end of October and most of November is also prime time when it comes to weather here in Texas. It's cozy, but it's not cold yet. Um, I love it. 12,000 plus steps a day is impressive. How do you stay motivated? Do you do the same route or do you mix it up indoor versus outdoor? Thank you. So my goal for the day is actually 14,000 steps. I usually try to hit at least 10 in the morning before I sit down at my desk because I'm pretty sedentary for the rest of the day once I start working. If I do that, if I manage to get 10 to 12,000 steps in the morning, I'm usually able to hit the 14,000 by the end of the day. So how I do this is I have to walk races, obviously. I walk my dog for two to three miles each morning. And then on days where I'm just doing a strength workout and not another run or a Peloton tread workout, I'll tack on an extra walk after I finish up the strength workout. On days where I am doing a Peloton tread workout, I'll just choose a 45-minute walk and run, a 45-minute boot camp, and one of those will usually get me to five miles from that combo of that workout and the walk with Reese's. Regardless, I try to hit five or six miles in the morning and just get it out of the way because by the end of the day, I am not going to do it. I, I, I've said this before, I have to get workouts out of the way in the morning or it's just not going to happen. And I'm pretty sedentary throughout the day, so I'm certainly not going to get them while I'm home working. So like I said, try to hit as many steps as I can before I even get to work. If I'm just walking, I generally just walk outside in my neighborhood, but I mix that up with two to three Peloton tread workouts to keep things interesting and challenge myself. For my neighborhood walks, I switch it up and walk different streets, but it's a pretty small neighborhood, so I end up doing a lot of different loops and repeat routes. And then on weekends, if I have more time, I sometimes will drive Reese's over to another neighborhood to walk a longer stretch. 
Um, so that is nice to mix it up or take her to the Katy Trail or I'll just go with a friend to the Katy Trail. So I do have more opportunities to mix it up, but that's usually dedicated to weekends because the weeks are hard for me because I have an employee who comes every day. And so I like to have everything done. I have to, I like to have all my workouts and everything done by nine. So I have time to shower and get ready before Liza arrives. Do you stay friendly or friends with your exes? So I really only have two very serious ex-boyfriends, both of which were from over a decade ago. One I have no contact with because it ended pretty poorly. And the other I rarely see if ever, but we're friendly if we run into each other. So no, I'm not friends with either. If I'm being honest, I am a fairly jealous person and got very upset when I saw my exes moving on and dating new people, even when I was the one who originally ended both relationships. I knew they weren't right for me, but it doesn't make it any easier to see them with other people. And that was always a struggle for me. And so I always had to kind of just cut off all contact. I'm not somebody who can like maintain, at least right after, maintain a friendship. I need space. How do you balance speaking your mind without getting too political? You do a great job. Well, thank you. I don't feel like I do. (laughs) This is actually a constant struggle for me and one of the things that causes me anxiety when it comes to my job. Most people aren't expected to share their personal and religious beliefs, political affiliations, etc. with the rest of the world. And before 2020, I never shared anything on any of those topics. I never discussed current events, who I voted for, outrage at policies I hated, anything. So when all of a sudden people on Instagram were expecting everyone with a social presence to speak out, it was not only a surprise, but I, I wasn't sure what to do. Um, I did not grow up in a family of activists, so speaking out on any subject was very new to me and not at all something I was familiar with or comfortable with. And with that said, I eventually recognized my privilege in staying silent and that not everybody has that option. I'm still not totally comfortable speaking out on a lot of topics, mostly because I'm not an expert and don't want to speak out of turn on something I don't fully understand or haven't read up on. I also can't speak to every policy a political party or candidate plans to put in place, so I rarely speak on politics. I also don't want to just post to hop on the bandwagon of what other people are posting. So if I'm not posting about something, it's probably because I have not had a chance yet to read up on it and fully understand it to share my view, not because I don't care, but because I just haven't had time or I don't know enough to say anything of value that's helpful. My content has never been about current events or politics, and I don't want it to be, but I still will share things that are important to me when it makes sense. I am not a news source and should not be anyone's go-to for any of that information. I just want to make that clear. That should be said for most influencers who are in fashion and not politics. Um, Follow Sharon Says So. She's a great influencer to follow for that. But um, you should not be following any fashion influencer or lifestyle influencer for that kind of content. But I totally understand why people want to know what they're what they're supporting. So you're following influencers. If you feel like they don't align with your values and you want to be following people who do, I totally get that. But I just think it's a little confusing when people expect me and other influencers to speak out on every topic, every bad thing that's always going on, because there's something shitty that happens every day. And again, we're not the news. There's not enough time in the day for us to read up on every single shitty thing that's going on in the world. So I guess anyway, that's my answer. 
<laughs> I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing and I speak out when it feels right. Um, and when I feel like I understand it enough, but I won't, if I don't, when are the psychics predictions going to start coming true? Ugh. <laughs> I don't know. I'm chatting with a couple of guys on Bumble, but haven't gone out with any of them yet. And I haven't met anyone new out lately. So it's definitely feeling like October is going to be the month. September has been a, a total bust. What is your favorite comfort food? My comfort food is the exact thing I'm trying not to buy these days. So packaged ramen, packaged pasta, think pastaroni, white ch cheddar shells and cheese. I love that shit. I will eat any packaged noodles or pasta. Before my egg retrieval last fall, I bought a few packages of beef ramen, my fave flavor, and the white cheddar shells and cheese. I don't know why that's a hard phrase for me to say. Uh, I think I got SpaghettiOs too, but all of that, I love all of that. It tastes so good. It's such good comfort food when you're not feeling well. When was your last date? And tell us about it like you're telling a friend. I went on a blind date this summer thanks to a setup from friends. He was really nice, very outgoing, a little older. On the date, we both talked about our jobs and career paths up to that point. And to be honest, I was a little turned off by his. He seemed, and I say seemed because I don't know the guy, but he told me all of this, that he bounced around from job to job for a long time. And while he's been at his current job for nearly a decade, he hadn't really made any strides to reach higher roles at his company. And from everything he said, it's just clear he's never been very driven or motivated, which let me just say would be perfectly fine for some people. And that's totally OK. But as someone who loves to work, loves what they do, like is passionate about what they do, I'd like to be with someone equally driven who has a passion for whatever they're doing. Or even if it's not passion, at least have a desire to better their lifestyle. Like I, I desire a certain lifestyle. I want to be able to go on lovely vacations and go out to nice dinners and live in a beautiful home and potentially have a second home. I don't want to be the only one footing the bill. And Mindy Kaling mentioned this in her episode on archetypes, but I'm much happier single than I would be with somebody who is lazy or doesn't work hard or just doesn't have the desire to better their own life. So that is sort of my thoughts on that recent date that I went on. But anyway, um, it was still a fun night, but he just was not for me. What was the reality show you mentioned in the last episode? Would you ever consider doing one now? It never came to fruition. So contracts were on the table, like I said, but I decided not to go through with it. I can't say for certain whether they still tried to film or pitch it to a network since I wasn't involved from that point on, but it never went anywhere. It was just going to be following various influencers around Dallas. I personally don't enjoy reality TV and find all of the drama anxiety inducing, which is one of the reasons I turned it down. But I also didn't want to forever be associated with a show like that. And you can't control how you're portrayed. Sure, there may be fame associated with it, but a lot of shows like that get canceled too. The producers have full control over how your scenes are shot, how they're edited, and a lot of it is actually scripted and reshot for effect if they don't like how something turns out. I like having more control over my personal brand and image, so that was just not of interest to me. Would I probably have more Instagram followers and a bigger audience if I did a reality show? Probably, but it's not worth it to me. So no, I would not consider doing one now, and I'm glad I didn't. Where are you traveling to after Thanksgiving? So I am doing a Christmas trip with open invite trips. If you listen to my London and Paris recap episode this summer, I mentioned open invite and how cool I thought their small group luxury travel for women sounded. 
They planned a trip to Copenhagen, Amsterdam, and Paris for November 28th through December 6th. So I hopped on board right away. <laughs> I actually I actually reached out to them before they put the tickets out and I was like, save me a spot, I'm coming. <laughs> so I'm flying out on the 26th and back on the 7th. So I have one extra day in Copenhagen and Paris I can enjoy on my own. And I'll be staying in my own room, but there will be other women on the trip that I'll be exploring with, dining with, etc. So I think it'll be really nice to mix it up from my usual solo travel and also meet some new like-minded women and do some activities maybe I wouldn't normally do on my own. I generally just wander around. I'll go to some museums, but I think we're going to do like a cooking class and some other fun stuff. So it should be really, really fun. And just so you know, Open Invite also does these mother-daughter trips. They do mother-son trips to areas in Europe. So definitely check out their Instagram. It's Open Invite Trips for more information. That's where they announce the upcoming trips and links to sign up and all of that. So really looking forward to it. Obviously, stay tuned. I'm sure I'll share more information as we get closer, and I will absolutely do a recap of it, but very much looking forward to that. Do you ever think that because you are so financially secure and successful, that's intimidating? Maybe to some, but not for the men I'd want to date. Financial security is something everyone should strive for, so I don't see how that would be a downside when considering a partner. Like, would you rather date someone with a load of credit card debt or one who couldn't contribute in any way financially to the relationship? It's one thing for a woman to get married right out of college or in their early to mid-20s and not have any assets or any a large income yet, but as you get older, that's just the natural progression if you continue to work, as most people are doing these days. I think most men would be attracted to a successful woman unless they are controlling or haven't had much success in their own career paths and feel inferior. So no, I I don't really ever feel that way. Although I will tell you a story. I went on a date with a guy in my mid-20s. He was foreign. I want to say he was from like a an Eastern European country. And he'd lived in Dallas. I want to say he worked for an airline here. And we went on a date. And this was like right after I bought my new house. And I was telling him how excited I was to decorate it. And I'd just gotten it. And he was like, don't you ever want to get married? And I was like, eventually, yeah. And he was like, he didn't understand why I would have purchased a house if I wanted to get married. But I just have, I have to assume that was just maybe his Eastern European background. But I feel like it's so common today for women to work and establish their own lives and can get their own assets, get their own homes and buy their own shit. So I just don't feel like it's that uncommon anymore. And it shouldn't hold you back from dating who you want to date. Do you think you'll get back into running? I could use some running slash walking shoe inspo. So I definitely still run. I actually ran this morning. I did a walk and run class outside here in Carlsbad. I mostly do my runs on the Peloton treadmill. Right now, it's still too hot in Dallas to run outside, in my opinion. I see people running all the time, but I do not like the heat. So I prefer to run in air conditioning or once the temps drop. I love the tread boot camps. I love the walk and run classes. And I also love the hit runs on the Peloton tread. My favorite instructors for those are Olivia Amato, Kirsten Ferguson, Jess Sims, and Daniel McKenna. They're all really challenging, motivating, and play great music. But in terms of running shoes, my favorite running shoe brand is Brooks. These sneakers are very supportive. They have cushioning in all of the right places and are built for high impact activities like running, HIIT workouts, etc. So over the years, I've gotten and tried several pairs. They've all been great. 
Zappos carries a bunch of their styles, so check them out there and just order a few to try. Tell us something you're grateful for in your life right now. I am grateful to have a job that fulfills me and that I thoroughly enjoy doing. There are certainly some days that are less fun than others, but I honestly love getting up each morning because I love what I do. It brings me so much joy to create content and connect with my readers, followers, and now listeners. I'm also very grateful for friends and family members who have supported these endeavors wholeheartedly and without judgment. I know not everybody has a support system like that to hold them up and cheer them on, so it's definitely not lost on me. I also know that not everyone loves their job and they're doing it for the paycheck, so I feel very lucky and grateful to do what I do and do what I love. All right, you guys, I think I'm going to end it there. But like I said, I got a lot of questions and plan to do a lot more of these. And I will absolutely answer some of these in future beck and call segments. But I'll probably also do another Q&A long form episode near the holidays, maybe while I'm on this trip. So I don't have to record while I'm there. I may pre-record it. But thank you so much for sending in your questions. As always, please remember to call the Beck and Call hotline. The number is 214-620-0473. You can also always submit questions to our email, which is info at beckandcallpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. If you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can also rate on Spotify these days. So if you listen there, definitely give us a five-star review. Be sure to share the podcast with someone you know who might enjoy it. And I will catch you guys next week. Bye.